calling all members of the in crowd. If you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast or drop us a line on X at Fade Route DNZ. You can find us on Facebook, The Fade Route with DNZ. We're on Spreaker. We're on YouTube, The Fade Route with DNZ. Catch our videos. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, and spread the word. Coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios, it's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Hey Yo Studio. Hey Yo. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D, and we've got a great show for you tonight. College football updates their playoff format. Gino moves past Coach K, and Anthony Rendon, he's not a gamer. But we'll begin today's show with the NBA All-Star Game. Z, again, it was another year of just complete failure. I mean, there was no defense played. People were throwing oops to themselves. People hurting themselves, throwing oops to themselves. People shooting from half court. The East put up over 200 points. It's just, it was just embarrassing. It was tough to watch. So, Z, I got, I got to ask you, like, how do we fix it? Can we fix it? Is it worth fixing? Uh, well, how can you fix it? You got shit can this thing, man. Like, I, I gotta, I gotta say it. You gotta shit can this thing. I, I get that Jalen Brunson is on record saying he was proud of being on one of the first, if not the first, teams to ever score 200 points. But no, it's absolutely insane. It, this is modeling what we're seeing in the regular season. We've had 145, 147, 150, 170. That's no defense has like. Defense has long left the game, and now it's this weird hybrid of the dunk contest and the three-point contest to the point where it's not basketball anymore. It's not entertaining. You know, fans are getting restless, like, understandably so. Um, they went to go see a game. They wanted to be, you know, they, they wanted to see athletic competition. And I get that in the past that Russell Westbrook and Kobe Bryant have been booed for trying to put some semblance of defensive effort in during the All-Star game, but this is completely swinging to the other direction, right? You have multiple guys with single doubles, right? You got Carl Anthony Towns, right? 28 minutes, 50 points, eight boards, three assists. Shaquille just Alexander, 31, four and six. You got KD, 25 minutes, 18, five and five. And, you know, in the East, you had, you know, Giannis had 23, seven and one in 23 minutes. Jason Tatum had 20. Halliburton at 32, Lillard at 39, Jalen Brown at 36. You know, th- this is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. And how do you fix this, right? We have been told, we've been conditioned to uh, throw money at the problem with the NBA. But this is the reason why you're there to begin with. This is the reason why you have the problem. The money's not the solution. Now, I understand that the in-season tournament worked. Right, the in-season tournament worked once. 
is, is a freak show, car wreck type of perverse enjoyment, yeah, the in-season tournament worked. Give it a little bit more time and let's see if they continue to give a shit. You know, I doubt it. I really doubt that that's going to be yeah. the case. Here, like, players have long since given up on the game. Right? It's, you know, half of the people are in Cabo and the other half are, you know, kind of like half-assing it. To, like paraf- to, to paraphrase Doc Rivers, you got one foot in Cabo, you got one foot, you know, on the court. You can't do that. It's either If you're going to come, you better... You know, strap it on and play because people paid a ticket. People bought a ticket to watch you. Yeah, you may not feel it. You may not, you know, you you may not necessarily, you know, want to be there. You want to focus on the 30 game sprint at the end of the at the end of the road here as we end the NBA regular season. But at the same time, it's still a game. People are still coming, you know, and it don't give me fear of injury because you know what? You can get injured any any second of any time. You get hurt in practice. You can get hurt in the offseason. You can get hurt in the Olympics. You can get hurt any place, any time. So I don't want to hear about injury because they're still trying because they're shooting from, what, past half court? So don't give me not that Not only that, crap. but I can't recall the last time someone got hurt in an NBA All-Star game. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying I don't remember anyone ever getting hurt in an NBA All-Star game. Um, I want to say Oladipo, but I think that was in U.S. Olympics. I think that was yeah, in the uh, practice. I think that was Olympics, too. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I used to like watching the NBA All-Star game. It was actually one of my favorite things to watch as a kid, but back then they competed. Like, I remember yeah. Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, Hakeem. Those guys competed. And if, and for the most part, I felt like three quarters was kind of showboating, having a little fun. Nobody was getting free layups, but, you know, they were lightly contesting things, and you know, people were allowed to showcase their talent, but Kobe was going at Jordan, Jordan going at Kobe. But I felt like in the fourth quarter, people were trying to close it out and win. Listen, real quickly, I have a couple of different ideas that I think that would help fix the problem. Because unlike the Pro Bowl, like I could do it out the Pro Bowl because it's just it's it's terrible. And I can I understand people not wanting to get hurt there. You also in the football Pro Bowl you lose out on the on the Pro Bowl players from the championship teams because they're not playing because they're going to the Super Bowl. So obviously they're not playing between you know the the championship and and the Pro Bowl weekend. Um, but how about ones and twos? Eliminate the three-point shot. I don't want to see any. I don't want to see Steph Curry taking half-court shots. I don't see Luca taking full-court shots. I don't want to see that. How about we just have ones and twos? All right, that's one option. All right. okay. Number two. This is the thing I think that wins over, and this works the best. How about each team nominates a player? It could be a current player, or it could be a past player to represent them All-Star Weekend. And basically, what it is is King of the Court. It's it's a one-on-one tournament. With everybody gets to put in one guy into the tournament, and uh, it's it's four dribbles, and each game is to seven. Have that have have two games going on at one time, so you're utilizing both sides of the court, so fans and attendants can you know watch whatever side they want to watch, and the people at home get to watch both games. The last option I have is a combination of the in-season tournament and the All-Star game. How about this? You get your nominated All-Stars. And it's a three, it's a it's a it's a three man tournament. So you you're you're putting teams of three together. It's a round robin. 
East and the West. The, the the teams that get to the finals, they play each other in and it's the games are to eleven. The final game is to twenty-one. I think you get two or three hours worth of, of basketball in that scenario. I think that works. I like the I like the also the USA versus world concept. My only problem with that is is I think after a few years they're not gonna want to play in that. But I think a three-on-three tournament, you're going to have guys that want to win the tournament. You're going to have guys that give a shit and don't want to look bad on TV. And I think in King of the Court, I think King of the Court works. I think uh, that's something people would take pride in. Now, they might, you know, if you were King of the Court in 2011, I mean, not 2011, you're King of the Court in 2025, maybe you don't compete in 2026, but then your team doesn't nominate you. You say, don't nominate me. I don't want to play. But there are going to be people on the on, and it could be a pass player. So like, a team like the Hawks could say, "Hey, we're going to nominate Vince Young this year. We want him to represent us," you know. Or a team like the the team like the the Rockets could nominate James Harden because he used to be he used to be a Rocket. And I think the cool part about it is is you wouldn't you wouldn't find out who was selected until the day of the All Star game. Like that day, it's a countdown. Like every hour, you release a name of the people that are going to compete, be competing in King of the Court. I don't know. For me, it's definitely a, an interesting concept. And I think it's something there. that could, yeah, it, it, it needs to be explored. But, you know, ultimately, like what we know as the NBA All-Star Game cannot continue to exist. It just cannot do that because you're going to al- you're going to further alienate people who think negatively of basketball. Right? <laughs> you're just going to be like, this is what it is. You're proving me right. You are yeah, and the right whole thing crap. about the the All Star Game should be something where you're showcasing the best talent in your league. That should be something that draws people in to watch. Is that oh wow, like I'm seeing the best players in the world. Really, you are seeing the best players in the world play in the NBA, and you're getting to see them on the stage. But when you put it on, and you're wa- and you're watching people just take uncontested layups, you're like, what is this? I saw better basketball at my rec center on fucking Saturday. <laughs> between 12 year old boys it's fair it's absolutely fair and you know what uh, I'm if they decide to scrap this thing all together and kind of take it take a page out of the NFL's playbook and make it a skills competition solely with like if you want to combine your idea like a half court tournament like a, a three on three you know round robin tournament there I'd you go you get that. your tournament you want Adam Silver the only thing I will say about Adam Silver is I you know people are giving him a hard time but you could tell he was very upset at the product because he said yeah well there you have it um <laughs> winner like because he was embarrassed he's embarrassed for the product and the whole thing is is i do believe he's trying he's trying they've done the whole like you know the cap points they've done okay you get to select the players on your team like he is trying so i give him that benefit of the doubt but the other part is is i do have i do have some respect for adam silver you know and i believe that he is a smart man, and I think he can figure it out. I don't want them to scrap it because I kind of like, I like the competitive part of the game when it was competitive, and we haven't seen that in a while. I've never liked the NFL Pro Bowl. I've always loved the MLB All Star Game. I think that's the only one we can really hang our hats on now because I do believe that the pitchers and the batters they're trying to play at a high level in that game. And I do like the NHL All Star Game. I know you don't, but I do. I do feel like they have pride for the game. It's like there's what I witnessed this weekend was uh, there was no pride. 
for your sport, for your profession, and you go out and do that. And my problem is, is that, you know, you have the people out there who are saying, you know, throw the money at the problem. Like, no, 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 do not give them more money. Absolutely not. Like, that, that's not the no. way to go. That's, it's no, a shakedown. You're already, you're already it's getting paid. But you're already getting paid. You're right. already getting paid. It's what in you your contract. You more? I'm yeah. not paying you more. You actually get paid more. Depending on your contract, mm-hmm. you might be getting paid more just for becoming an all-star. Right. Like, that's sometimes an incentive that you are NBA first team or you're an all-star. You get a bonus. That's your paycheck, dude. That's your paycheck. And then you also like, have the sneaker companies that are going to But you're put- right. But the other part you're saying is right is like they're they're finagling you you're let this is what happens when you let the kids rule the school because they're saying oh you know pay me and i'll play harder what the fuck are you talking about dude get out there and play basketball right like would you play like this in rucker park i see tougher i seen kd and, and kobe play harder in rucker park than i did seeing on sunday mm-hmm. no and that's a part i mean there's a little it's a generational thing too like yeah, you're talking about you Kobe, don't want to play, about... don't, play, don't go. Yeah. Don't go. There are but, people on your team that want to go and want to play. But that's Kendrick imp- Perkins, I know he's not, you know, the ideal candidate to use as his example, but he never played in an all-star game. Yeah. And he said one year he was close to playing in the all-star game and he got outvoted by a coach. But he's like, I would want to play and play hard because it's an all-star game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are guys out there that, you know, kind of like a lifetime achievement type of thing. Like, they, you know, like one of the Lopez's or, or you know, yeah. like for just as an example. But, um, you know, there are definitely guys who like are deserving uh, of that spot. But then you, you're starting to get into this later on. Like any change you make, I have a feeling like eventually these guys are just not going to go. Like they'll they'll find a way to do that, and then what's going to happen? They're going to what? Start finding guys for skipping the All Star game, and then it's going to be like a whole <laughs> fucking shit show. So I, you know, it's it's the Listen, NBA All Star. It's broken. Yeah, it's, it's broken. broken, and it's it's their it's it's their fault. It's their fault. Like I just I don't I don't feel I don't feel bad for them. But honestly, I I posted this on our Twitter account, or I posted this on our X account at favorite I don't think I would go to the NBA All-Star game if someone gave me a free freaking ticket. I don't think I'd go. I think I'd sell it. (laughs) I wouldn't go. What am I going for? To watch what? It's garbage. It's absolute garbage. I don't want to see that. I like I said, the rec center down the street had better basketball this weekend. The highlight of the weekend ended up being Steph Curry beating Sabrina Ionescu in the three, you know, the three-point all-star shootout, the battle of the sexes, so to speak. But it is not without controversy. You know, Steph Curry won by three, so he won by a money ball. But before that, Kenny Smith made some disparaging remarks regarding Sabrina Ionescu, and he was egged on by Reggie Miller regarding where Sabrina Ionescu should be shooting from. Uh, She was shooting from the NBA line, but she was shooting with the WNBA ball. So, you know, there is definitely, like, there, there were attempts. There were attempts to level the playing field. So that they can have a, you know, legitimate competition. And ultimately, there was a legitimate competition. I mean, UNESCO only lost by three. And she tied Dame Lillard, who won the three-point contest proper. So, what are your thoughts on this Battle of the Sexes? And, you know, Uh, who do you want to see this again next year with somebody like Caitlin Clark? You know, it's tough, man. Because you catch flack regardless of where you go. 
I I get the symbolism of it, and I get what it does for women's basketball because I know there are 13 year old and 12 year old girls watching this and loving every second of it. And I'm not gonna shit on that, and I'm not gonna shoot that down. I didn't really care for it because it didn't. Z, I don't want to say it didn't mean anything to me, but to me, Steph Curry is the best shooter in professional basketball, and 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 Inescu, she most likely is the best shooter in in the WNBA or one of the best shooters in WNBA. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see them compete. I don't. That's just me, and it's just me. I don't need to see them compete. Now, from what Kenny Smith was saying, people are trying. I. I I don't think he's trying to back down from his comments by saying, you know, he was just saying, you know, I don't think it was legitimate because she should be shooting from the the, the WNBA three. And, and I'm, I don't have a problem with his comments about that. I really don't because it, it is a disadvantage for her. Steph Curry does this every day. And I know she practices like that. She said she did. And it was her, ultimately her choice. It wasn't pushed on her, but it, 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 he is kind of right in a sense. Like, you don't do this all this time. This man does do it all the time. He's shooting an NBA basketball. You're shooting a WAM NBA basketball. Are we really on equal ground here? I don't think we are. Do we have to be? Probably not because it's an exhibition. But to me, Steph had everything to lose in that, comp- in that co- competition and nothing really to gain. I'm okay with them doing a team up next year. If you want to add Caitlin Clark to this and you want to add Clay to it, I'm fine with that. But why not just add the girls to the three point competition for the men? Like, you know, you just said, like, she tied Dame Lillard, who won. Just enter the contest. How about all shooters can jump in this? Like, you have Matt McClung competing in from the G League for the dunk contest. I don't have a problem with Sabrina playing in the three point contest. I don't have any. I don't have a problem with any of the women playing in the in this in the skills competition for the men. So that's where I stand on it. I wasn't offended by what he said. I kind of get what he's saying. Like you're doing something that you don't normally do. I want to see you do what you normally do and how good you you're doing that. And and as far as like you know, I I, I applaud her. It went a lot better than I thought it would. I didn't think she was going to be able to hang it up there with Steph, and she totally did. She competed on a high level in front of thousands of fans. Bravo to her. Happy for her. Big moment for the WNBA. It's a huge moment for the WNBA. It's a huge moment for gender equality in this because it did it did show that if you can shoot, you can shoot. shooters can shoot. Shooters can shooters shoot. Can shooters can shoot. Shooters can shoot. Regardless, shooters shoot. Right. And, you know, and it's it's something and I, I do find it very interesting. Um, I was listening to PTI and Michael Wolbon said his son actually brought bought Sabrina Ionescu sneakers because she designs them for, huh, cool. for men and women. Cool. So, you know, it's opening a new avenue for that. And, and it brings together, you know, I'll tell you right now, I would rock a Sue Bird jersey. I love Sue Bird. It's one of my favorite players, especially since she came from Long Island. Yeah. And uh, I'm um I, I, I always like Tarasi and um, and Caitlin Clark's going to be a phenom. She's more exciting to watch than the St. John's basketball team right now. So, <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we've seen, we've, we've been very fortunate to see, like we didn't, I mean, 
we came up at the around Cheryl Miller's time, but you know, we got to see Lisa Leslie and Teresa Weatherspoon and Cheryl Swoops and Tarasi and Sue Bird. And, you know, we got to see all these people and we got to see Brittany Griner. We, you know, all everybody that's come through and has made an impact, we've had a chance to see because, you know, it's it's a growing sport. And, you know, it's due to Title Nine and it's due, you know, we have multiple you know, multiple reasons why it's growing internationally. It's growing here in the States. And I think it's important to recognize that, you know, like just because they have a different ball, just be, just because, you know, they, they may not, you know, it, it may be a different style of basketball. It's still quality, you know, and Sabrina Ionescu is a baller. And it doesn't matter if you're a man, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, if you're a baller, you're a baller. And I think that Kenny Smith was trying to force something that wasn't there. It, it really, I mean, I really think that... I'm trying the, to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know. I, I mean, understand. He's catching, a, he's catching a lot of flack for it, but I, I, get where, I get where he's coming from from a basketball standpoint. Like, from a basketball standpoint, it would have been much more fair if she did what she normally does with the ball that she normally has like we wouldn't have like if this was being played like i don't know how to say it but like we wouldn't have steph shoot from the the the, uh wmba three or use a wmba ball like i'd rather just see her do what she normally does again it was her choice and it's okay like you want to do that that's fine i think she would have did a lot better if she did it at the WNBA three, that's what I, that's the other part I, I'd say. I mean, she's she. I mean, she was one shot. There's a one shot difference, but you're looking at her. The majority of her shots come right. from between twenty and twenty nine feet. She does go to thirty to thirty four feet. And she's six. To, she's six for twelve this season. So she definitely can, she has range. She can shoot from three, absolutely, and she's a forty-four point eight, you know, percent three-point shooter this year. So she's she's got the shot, man. She definitely can pull it out from distance. No, she um, does. She's great. I I definitely think it, it is much ado about nothing on Kenny Smith's part, and I really think that there was it is the, there it was is. a different there, there it was unnecessary, and and then the Reggie Miller thing with the playing with dolls and just like just fucking weird and out of nowhere. But, um, you know, shooters can shoot, man. Again, I think he was taken back by his comments, like, and he didn't know how to respond in the moment. And he kind of just, he kind of just said that, you know, and it sparked controversy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not not hanging anything on it. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm on to Cincinnati. It's, it's, it's whatever, man. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. Now moving over to baseball, where Anthony Anthony Rendon, <sighs> I guess he's not a gamer. <laughs> now <laughs> we're in spring training, and Mike Trout is is kind of like looking at his future as an angel and not seeing much of one, and he's contrite about it. 
Like, you know, he's like, you know, when he signed his contract, he he saw himself being an angel for life. He wanted to win championships here. He views getting traded as a cop-out. Andy Rendon had different comments when it came to the game of baseball. Apparently, uh, he said, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job. So if things come before it, I'm leaving. That's what the 33-year-old Anthony Rendon had to say about being an Anaheim or a Los Angeles angel of Anaheim Angel. What say you, Z? He has averaged in four years in Anaheim. He's averaged 50 games a year. Yeah. 50. So at the high water mark, he played 58 games in 2021. Yeah, you're not kidding me that baseball is not much of a priority. You know, it's very telling to me that you were so willing to go above and beyond to break your back to secure the bag, right? You got that big money deal from the Angels. You set yourself up generationally. And now, all of a sudden... Yeah, you can't stay on the field, right? You, you just, you can't do it. And well, it's to clearly be fair, not a priority to him. It's not no, it's cl- him. clearly it isn't. But you know what? I also, we have to have a little caveat here. The 52-game season was in the 2020 COVID year. So he did play 52 out of 60 games. So almost an entire season by Mr. Rendon that year. So <laughs> good job, Tony Two-Bags. More like Tony Douchebag. So... I understand that like faith and family I get it's important family always comes first I agree however baseball is what allows you to provide for your family right and baseball funds your faith you're able to do whatever charity whatever philanthropy you do based on you having these skills and having these talents playing the game of baseball so, to me, a lot of this is take, 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 and it's not much in the way of giving. Yeah, I get it. It's a priority to be with your family. It's a priority to be with your faith. But at some point, like you and I, right, we can have these things. We can prioritize these things, but we do have to go to work. If, if we don't go to our job, what happens? Somebody else will do our job. Screw you, you're fired. You're fired. (laughs) So, exactly. He's not immune to this. Just because you get paid a shit ton of money, and just because you have skill, doesn't mean that you can kind of take this job and make it a no-show job. And if I'm Mike Trout... Yeah, he came out. He was very forthright. You were absolutely right. He was talking about how it's the, uh, you know, it's the easy way out to ask for a trade. It's an, it's the chicken shit way out, right? He was kind of yeah. He's kind of like doubling down on everything, saying like, I made this best. I made this bet. I decided that this is where I want to be. This is where I want to try and win. But I'm not going anywhere. Nor did he did not say that the Angels can't trade me. He said, but I don't want to go anywhere. 
So yeah. I, you know, I appreciate that. It's the complete antithesis of Anthony Rendon, who's like, if this is taken away from me tomorrow, eh, I'm all right. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> so it, it seems like, uh, you know, it, it seems like some bullshit to me. And if I'm Mike Trout, I'm going into Perry Manassian's office and I'm saying, get rid of this asshole. I want guys who <laughs> are about baseball. Yeah, I want guys no. who are about baseball. Listen, I, I've always been an Anthony Rendon fan. I've always thought he was a gamer. I mean, the numbers he was putting up in Washington, I mean, you're talking about he was batting 287, 270, 301, 308, 319. And the dude won, he was also in, he won the World Series. He was in the MVP conversation for one, two, three, four, five of those years. And it's just like, what the fuck happened to you? Now you curse at fans. And you say some shit like this, like, listen, I, I totally get it. I get it. Like, it's a job. Understood. But, dude, you've been playing pretty shitty at your job. Like, in four years, you're batting 250. Yeah. You only got 22 bombs in four years. You signed a seven-year, $245 million contract. You're betting paid $38 million a year this year. I'm not saying that light uh, faith and family can't come first. That's not what I'm saying. But, dude, if this is a job, you're not doing your job. You're not. So when does that part kick in? When does the part kick in like, shit, I should play better. If I if this is my career, this is what I, I'm doing to provide for my family, maybe I should bat better than 250. Maybe I should hit more than five bombs a year, right? Yeah. I mean, he's proving himself to be a pariah. Like, what's his deal? Like, what's your deal, dude? Like, I I don't have the problem of having the, the mindset of this is a job, but fucking go do your job. You ain't doing your job. You should be get fired. You should be fired from your job. You are not the player that they paid for fucking four years ago. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> he has rabbit ears, as we noted from his, in, his altercation with a fan in Oakland, you know? He I'm is a bitch. Yeah, you, you call so, me a bitch. So you're saying yeah. I'm a bitch. So you're saying I'm a bitch. So you're saying I'm a bitch. These comments don't help you, Mister Rendon. No. no, one of the six people that were in the stands at, at <laughs> Oakland Coliseum got it right. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> you don't engage. It's like media 101. Don't engage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, there, there's that. And then you're snippy with the media, dude. Like. At the end of the day, like, you got to play ball with the media. Right. Like, you know, you don't control your narrative. I mean, you could go on the Players' Tribune, but, you know, you don't have the gravitas of a Mike Trout. You don't have the gravitas of a Derek Jeter. You don't have that level. You don't that's have that. Like, but that's like going to work and walking down the hall and being like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like, that. that's what that's like when you talk yeah. to the media that way and you treat fans that way. That, they're not co-workers, but they're people you see every day yes. at your place of employment. Like, where's your manners? Where, Like, dude, like, where, what is going on with you, man? Like, it's Jim Rice. Jim Rice thought, is like, a prick CTE to the media, something? too. <laughs> I mean, Jim Rice is a major league prick to the media. But you know what? He was talented enough and he was consistent enough that eventually like, they got over it. I don't know if Anthony Rendon is good enough at this point in his career. He has taken such a nosedive. That, you know, I, I don't think he can withstand it. And, you know, to me, like, I, I know that, I know that he, it's not the same guy and he was a little bit more even keeled, but I see a lot of J.D. Drew in the situation. J.D. Drew is a pro. Like, I, I understand that J.D. Drew is a pro, but 
he didn't go out of his way to like go beyond the this is my job this is how right. i pay my bills and, and that's it and that's all like, i'm not going to i'm not going to like overly like, be effusive and i'm not yeah. going to you know i'm not going to well, my man came to work every day with his bat and his glove like yeah JD Drew finished his career with the Braves, I believe, and he had good years with the Red Sox. I think he won the World Series with the Red Sox. Yes, he did. But he yes, was, he did. Yeah, and he was just like, okay, yeah, I'm here to do work. I'm here to bat 300 and knock in 100 RBI and field my position. That's what I'm here to do. You're not even doing that, brah. Right. If you're doing that, then then we can't say anything to you, but you're not even doing that. Like, come to work, do your job. And that's it. Even if Don't. he was hitting like 275. Yes. With like 20 bombs. Yeah. Okay. Sure. 80, 80 RBI. All right, dude. Like we get it. You're at the back half of your career. I ain't mad at you, but you're not, you're not even doing that. You're not even playing. You're not playing enough. But he has know. not hit more than 10 home runs since 2019. Nine, six, five, two. 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 So, this is the guys protecting Mike Trout. Two. Two. Yeah. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Well, moving on to basketball, another one of your favorite guys, J.J. Reddick. It's just all lot, my favorite guys today. He had a lot to say about Doc Rivers' comments after losing some some games they should have really won. And uh, I'll read some of the quotes here. He's like, I've seen this trend for years. The trend is always making excuses. Doc we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it, but it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. Whoa, whoa, JJ, JJ. And then this is becoming because I guess they lost to the Grizzlies before the All-Star break. 113 to 110. Not a good look. And he goes, you know, they lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his player's fault, Reddick said. Memphis was a playing a G League guys on two-way contracts. This is true. Then you look at the quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's never accountability with that guy. So, and some players actually came to Doc Rivers' defense here. Pat Bev, Pat Bev saying, man, that guy saved your career. And then, also, of course, Austin Rivers saying, you know, this is a surprise. He can't believe this is coming from J.J. You know, what are, you, what are your thoughts on his comments? What are your thoughts on J.J. Redick? What are your thoughts on Doc Rivers in this? So you're saying that J.J. Redick is not invited to Doc Rivers' house for Thanksgiving? <laughs> I'm sure he will be. Yeah. So, I mean, J.J. Redick is entitled to his opinion. It's, this is his job now. His job is to be a pundit. He's not there to be friends, right? If he legitimately feels that way, then by all means, say it. And he is just echoing things that we have been seeing for years, mm-hmm. right? In yeah, this regard, sure. 
it, it's very difficult for me to not be on JJ's side to some extent. Now, could he have done it a little bit better? Probably. Could he have not have been so abrasive about it? Okay. But at the end of the day, he's not saying anything that, you know, isn't, you know, logical. It's not, it's not something that can be easily debunked, right? Doc Rivers only won when he had Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen, right? He didn't win in Orlando. He, he didn't won win... the All-Star game when he had all the All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he that's did. His, that's his MO, man. That's his... That's how he rolls. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there you go. That's how, that's how, you know, Glenn operates. But he didn't win in Orlando. He didn't win with the Clippers. He didn't win with the Sixers. He won with the Celtics. He's he not winning win with right the Bucks. Now. He didn't. Win, he's not going to win with the Bucks. Not like, going to win with the Bucks. You know, fair. three and seven in their last ten. Like they're not going to win. They're not going to win at this current rate. And yeah, it, it's true. Trying to change over a culture trying to learn chemistry, trying to put your stamp on a team in the middle of the season is difficult. Like everybody everybody understands that. Anybody who's ever left a job and then gone to get another job understands that. You know, you're leaving some things behind and you're now having to adapt to new people. You're adapting to a new organization. You know, he does have a little bit of credibility. He's got some you know, he's got some skin in Milwaukee. But he doesn't have any skin with Giannis. He's got to develop that. He doesn't have anything with Damian Lillard. He's got to develop that. And yeah, it's 10 games, 11 games. He's he's still doing that. But you can't be excuse building right now. And I got to say that to, to that degree that J.J. Redick is right. Now, where you lose me is Patrick Beverly coming in. You know, saying that he, that JJ Redick is somehow indebted to Doc Rivers. <laughs> How long is this? But what's the uh, statute of limitations on this? When is it okay for a former player to be critical of his former coach? Like, at, at what point in his career is that okay? You can absolutely be critical. The the one time when it's not okay to be critical of your coach is when you're actively playing for him. Uh, that's what I would argue. You save that shit for behind closed doors and then write a book, do a documentary, whatever the hell you want to do. But Pat Beverly saying that, you know, J.J. Redick was like nothing without Doc Rivers and so on and so forth. That's too much. And I mean, what do you expect from Austin Rivers? He's like, you know, dad, my my dad sucks. My dad sucks as a coach. What do you you want him to say? Like, he's in an impossible situation. You're not going to. You know, he's not <laughs> going to be, even if he, even if he means it, if he, even if he believes it, he's not going to say it. So, you know, Pat Bev is stirring the pot. JJ Reddick stirring the pot. At the end of the day, it, it's valid. It's it, it, what JJ said was valid. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I don't really like JJ Reddick. We don't see eye to eye on anything, <laughs> but I do. You see I eye to eye on Doc Rivers. Yeah, we do see eye to eye on Doc Rivers, apparently. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think his, I think his comments were kind of spot on. It's just like, you know, you're no shit. This was going to be hard. Like what made you think you were just going to come into the season, take over this team and win with this team? Like you need three hall of famers to win. You don't have that on this team. And yeah, I think there should be a certain accountability. I think he should be 
taking some of the blame saying, Hey, I've got to coach better. I've got to figure this out and not be throwing it on the players. I'm surprised that Pat Bev came to the defense of, uh, of Doc Rivers. Cause I don't see why anybody would. I would, I could see Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and maybe Perkins coming to his defense. That makes sense to me. Cause he won yeah. with those guys, but he didn't, Pat Bev don't owe him anything. And he brought up a comment where he's like, dude, you were, he brought you to LA to be a, a starter. You know, who the fuck else in the NBA is going to start your lame ass, you know? But it's, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's all deservedly so. Um, but, you know, some of this is also on Milwaukee. I mean, we don't know how much Giannis is involved in this because I do think he is one of the catalysts is asking for all these changes. Not completely. Some of these moves just don't make sense, you know? And it's just like he couldn't, like he couldn't win with that Clipper team, and he couldn't win with the the Seventy Sixers team. Like, why do you think he's going to win with this team like that? But the only thing JJ has to be careful of is like he's got his own podcast now, and I think he needs to be careful what he does with ESPN because they'll run him, they'll run, they'll run him out there, right? They'll be like, all right, JJ. You know, go on camera and say this about this guy, and you'll be like, "Yeah, I believe it." So I'm going to go and say it. You kind of got to be careful there. You got to watch your back. You got to make sure, like, because there is going to be ripple effects to the things that you say. And in this situation, he, he I mean, Papev clearly had a problem with this. I'm sure Perkins had a problem with this. I'm sure Kevin Garnett had a problem with this. I'm sure those guys have a problem with this. And JJ is just one of those straight shooters. I hate to say that, but he is like, he says what's on his mind. He has that bravado about him. Like it's that Duke, it's that Duke rich boy, like basketball player, like Christian Leitner attitude that I can go to your face and say whatever I want. And I don't care about the repercussions, but I think there will be, I think there will be. So I think he just, you know, this is something that he really believed in. I truly believe he believes the things he's saying, but when you go on TV and you trash Doc Rivers like this, now when they need you to go trash somebody, they're going to be like, hey, JJ, what do you think about this? And then you're going to become that guy. I'm not trying to put ethnicity in this, but you're the, you're the white guy trashing the black man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be that guy. You're going to be because not a lot of people are going to walk up to the microphone and say that about Doc Rivers or another prominent black man in the league right well to to suffice it to say he's lost access to the bucks if he goes to the building they're gonna tell him to scratch and rightfully so but But i think a lot of i think some players are gonna feel that way too like even even if you're even if you believe even if you're kevin garnett and you believe some of the things he's saying here Doc Rivers still won you a ring. You're the big ticket. You're a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to go fucking talk to J.J. Reddick. Like, you know, same thing with Paul Pierce. Like, it, you know what? Yeah, he he did throw us under the bus a bunch of times, but we kind of needed it, right? Right. Like, they're, they're the type of player to be like, you know what? He did, but you know what? It was ultimately our fault, and we had to fucking step up, and 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 that's kind of the coach he is from what I've heard is, like, he's the guy that – makes you fight each other like pins you against one another like gets you upset gets you gets you angry and to get you to play better that's that's the way he coaches i 
and that only works with a certain group of guys and that's why i think it did work in boston when he had like what he had probably james posey on that team and then he had big glenn davis like those guys were all Mm -hmm. about that life that clipper team with like cp3 and deandre jordan and blake griffin that keto turkaloo yeah they don't want to hear that shit like you know they're not we're not up for that you know I mean, guys like Jason Terry, they'll, they respond to that. And Jason Terry right. did respond to they, that. They take it as a challenge or it's like, oh, I'm going to go out here and prove you wrong, you know? And maybe that's what he was looking for when he when he does the things he does. Because that's what he that's how he coaches. That's what he knows. And that just might be his methodology. But It's also a generational thing because we're moving away from that. We're real, we really sure. are. We see that in football. Like, you, oh, you, forget it. Yeah. A guy like Bill Belichick is out, you know, in the game of musical chairs. He's on the outside looking in. For sure. And they want guys who can communicate with the young player. They want you to be a player's coach now. Yeah. It's no longer like, you know, they don't want that gritty head coach, the yeller, the screamer, the put you down guy. They want the boost you up guy. The, the X's and O's guy, the kind of, you know, we're going to out, we're going to outsmart everybody else, you know. Right. That's, and then the one time you need to turn it on, you flip a table. Now it's, it's in, right. It's inauthentic and you lose the locker room because, you know, you're not being the guy that you've been all year. And, you know, I mean, like the Hurley brothers. Yeah. Those, those guys are intense, right? They get people, yeah. to, they get people to play for them. They would never sniff an NBA job. And you want to punch them in the face. I mean, I don't, like, you know, I don't, I've never been a guy that kind of responded that to that kind of coaching either. It's not my MO, but it wasn't, it was also wasn't a thing where I hated my coach over it. It was just like, you know, I kind of got it. Like, I got it. It's like, okay, you know, that, that works for this guy. It doesn't work for me. I'm not going to let it affect my game. And I'm not going to put this coach down because that's who he is. I learned that in high school. No, you get. You have to. You know. You have to be able to navigate personalities. At the end of the day, you know, professional sports is personality and it's psychology as much as much as it is the X's and the O's. And you're a teacher, right? Yeah. Ultimately, you're you're a teacher. Yeah. You're supposed to be teaching the game or showing people how to win. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Cup, because there's always room for a brownie. And speaking of teaching, you know, as a math teacher, 
we got to talk about this new college football playoff format because 12 is greater than four. We now have a situation where the top five conference champions, or in this case, as presently constituted, the four champions of the big four conferences and then a floater plus seven additional automatic bid teams, essentially wild cards, are going to be added into this 12-team college football playoff format. This alleviates the situation where a team like Florida State is on the outside looking in, even though they were undefeated. Big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? It's an awful deal. How about that? It's terrible. They're already talking about going to 14. Can we do 12 first? They're talking about 14 already, and then it's going to be 16, and then it's going to be 20. It's just going to keep going up, man, because they're just going to want everybody who's ranked to get into this thing so they can have their round-robin tournament that lasts for fucking ever. I think it's terrible. I'm not interested. I'm interested in the top four teams. You want to go to six? I'm okay with six because that's what the NFL did. Give them two buys and then have four other teams. Cool. I don't like seven. I don't even like seven in the NFL. I don't watch. I don't watch the first weekend. And granted, I, I missed out on the Green Bay Dallas, but the problem I have with Green Bay Dallas is did Green Bay really deserve to go to the next round or was them taking advantage of a, of a poor matchup for Dallas? Like Dallas is the number two seed and they got bounced by Jordan Love and the Packers. Uh, just because on any given Saturday or any given Sunday, any team could win. Anything can happen. Someone could get hurt. Someone could be sick. Anything can happen, and you're putting more of that out there. You're you're creating a bigger chance for upset. You're creating a big. You're diluting the pool. You're diluting it. I don't want to fucking see these teams. Like I don't need to see them. I've seen them. I'm not interested. And that's the problem here. Is like everybody wants now. You know, the only thing I will say to the defense is that you know we live in the Northeast. Okay, college football is just not as relevant here as it is in other parts of the country right like in the midwest and in the south it's it's king like this is what like the people in alabama they wait all year for the spring game for crying out loud yeah and then they get into the season and it's every saturday and and you know their team's gonna you know play in the sec championship game and then it's bowl season like they're all about that life because once that's over it's over there's nothing else that goes the same for schools like in 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 Nebraska. Like Nebraska's big, this is big for Wisconsin's another place where it's big. So I kind of get it. Like they, you know, for because if you think about it, Z, like for the next ten years, all those schools I just mentioned are gonna be in this playoff. Like there's no mm-hmm. way Wisconsin is gonna not finish top fourteen, right, or top twelve. Like just think about it. Like the way they're gonna schedule the way they're going to play, they're going to make sure that they're in the top 12. And that's the whole thing is like, you're just trying to be more inclusive. You're trying for everybody to get money. But that's not the answer. That's not the answer. Like we, 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 I, in my opinion, I, I, I get it. Like, you know, Georgia probably should have been in the playoffs and it would have been nice to see Florida state get in there. But at the end of the day, they didn't make it. And that's it. We live with it. Fight on another day. Right. And at the end of the day, the answer to this is money. 
you're going to get more money out of this. This is what they want. This is what they're going to get. Like, for example, this year, you'd have Michigan, Washington, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, Missouri, Ole Miss, Ohio State, Arizona, and LSU. And I don't need all those teams. I don't need Oregon. Don't need them. Don't need LSU. Don't need them. So, like, that that's what we're looking at right now. And, you know, it's supposed to be the top five, right? The, the champions of the top five conferences. Now, the kibosh has been put on that because of the slow death of the Pac-12. We, we don't know what the hell's going to happen there. You still have Washington State and you still have Oregon State, like, holding on to the, you know, holding on to what could be. <laughs> uh, they're, mer- they're talking about merging with the Mountain West. So, okay, fine. Like, the, what's two more in the Mountain West? Do, does that make them a Power 5 conference? No. You know, it's the Big 10, the Big 12, ACC, and the SEC. A- anybody else? Yeah, it, your guess is as good as mine. So, most likely... But, not, but, but if I'm an AD, I'm not scheduling anybody, man. No. I'm scheduling two games, like, against top teams. And even if I split, I got a chance. Especially if it's earlier in the season. All I got to do is finish top 12. All I need to be is have my team in the race. And if I'm if I'm a number four really ranked team and I finish in 10, well, yippee, because I'm going to have a cakewalk to national championship game. That's what's going to happen. It's going it's to happen. Any smart AD is going to play it that way. Why am I going to kill my guys with this schedule when all I got to do is finish top 12? Think about it. You went from having to finish like one or two right mm-hmm. undefeated season to win a national title now you're telling me shit i just got to get in i just got to be i just got to be one of those teams i could pretty i could lose my quarterback in week 2 and come back at the end of the season and still have a chance at this thing absolutely how's that how's that how's that going to make for good college football but again that's us looking at it from a northeast perspective but people in alabama or texas are going to be like oh We've got a chance all year. We're going to be in it. Great. I'm flying to wherever to watch this game. At the end of the day, like like you're saying, this is not the elite. This is not the best of the best. This year, this year alone, right? You're looking at, you would have had two undefeated teams, a few one-loss teams, a few two-loss teams, and even a three-loss team. Like, that that's what you would be culling from. That that's who you would you're now letting three lost teams into this tournament. Right? Yeah. How how good are these teams? Now, if if you're doing this tournament format, you're gonna end up you're gonna end up possibly getting to a seventeen game season. So you're getting them ready for the length of an NFL season. So in that regard, that that's a positive. But the negative of it is that you're going to see the same old, same old. You, you know, of those teams, of those teams that we mentioned before, like Florida State was the only story, right? The UCFs of the world, they'll get their shot. Like, that's the one upside to this. You would still, like, we got Cincinnati a few years ago. We would still get Cincinnati. We're just going to get a bunch more to go with it. (laughs) You're going to get, you know, in two years, I think James Madison's finally eligible. You'll finally get James Madison. You know, the the little guys will be there, but then it's going to be like the mid-majors, what they used to be in college basketball. But, you know, eventually it's going to be like what Gonzaga used to be before Gonzaga became a national power. The little engine that could. 
the, like Boise State used to be. Uh, I, you do get a little bit of entertainment from that regard, but you know who's winning here? Who's benefiting? The same people that have been benefiting the entire time, and the answer to it is money. They're going to keep people are going to keep watching it. They're going to keep getting paid, and it's just going to get bigger and bigger, like you said, until they get to the magic number. What's the magic number? What is what is it? Because they're like you said, they're already talking about going from twelve to fourteen. Is it sixteen so that there are no buys? Is that what you're trying to eliminate, or you, what are you trying to do? What is your end game here? Because at the end of the day, like, people are going to watch. They're, they're going to watch regardless. They've been watching, and they're going to continue to. Because like you said, you're absolutely right about this. College well, the football. Thing I, the, the thing I'm going to tell you is, is I think. The regular college football fan is going to watch. Yeah. I don't think it brings in new audiences. I don't think this is appealing to someone who doesn't follow college football or is thinking about getting into college football. There's no excitement there. There's no, you know, every game doesn't matter anymore. Every game doesn't count. And that's the beauty of football, right? Right. Is that every game matters, right? That's what matters. That's why college football was so, is so revered. That's why the NFL is so important. You know, they train all these hours every week for one Sunday, one game. Where, and it's it happens in the NFL now too. I mean, I don't. I'm telling you, I do not watch the first weekend of the wild card because it just you don't. I don't want to see teams that don't belong there. What I'm gonna witness seven beat two and be like, yes, I want this to happen. I, I'm so happy about this upset. And then if I'm the fucking guy who's the fan of the two seed, I'm like, what just happened? We <laughs> we played so hard, and we had the second best record in the conference, and we got fucking oops by Green Bay in the first two quarters. Great, good. Glad I sat on my ass and watched this whole season to watch it go up in flames, just because we got matched up against Green Bay, right? And and why wouldn't that happen in college, right? Yeah. We're like, oh. We had an undefeated season, and what? We had a bye, and now we take on a hot team that really isn't an eight seed. It probably is a four, but, you know, they had players hurt, and and they lost earlier in the season, and now they're coming in here red hot. And what's going to happen to my team on a neutral site? Right. Boom. That's it. That's what I, look at Alabama. Look at Alabama. Why did Alabama win? Why did Alabama do well in the college football playoff? Because you gave Nick Saban, what, three weeks to get ready for this game. And he was ready. He was ready. I barely, barely won the game, but he won. Right. See ya. I'm Nick Saban. I know how to coach the best athletes in the planet. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not the case for a a lot of these coaches and a lot of these organizations and you're just trying they they're outrunning they're still trying to outrun the ghost of the bcs the bcs where the idea was that the computer picked the two best teams right instead of what instead of seeing it with your eyes like whatever happened on the field like it was decided it was beyond that with the complicated algorithm and tiebreakers so they're they're trying to distance themselves from that and they just keep digging more and more of a mess and it just makes you wonder right what's what's it going to be and you're going to end up with uh, eventually a guy like Lane Kiffin 
right? Ole Miss, or you know, he has another job elsewhere in like another another school, like the Tennessee Volunteers, for example. Like they they are going to end up in the national title conversation, and do they necessarily deserve it? Is the question, and I don't necessarily think that a two loss team or three lost team deserves to be in the conversation with the best of the best because frankly they're not the best of the best they proved that on Saturday and this is just greed and hubris and arrogance because they know that they have their core audience already and I'm the kind of person that they would want to attract I don't watch college sports unless I have to (laughs) For this show, I have to. Other than that, I'm not going out of my way to watch college sports. I don't have skin in the game. Right? Like, I just don't have skin in the game. It's not attractive to me. And unless unless it's gambling or it's your alma mater, who's really going to care? But the gambling is going to take care of it. The sponsorships are going to take care of it. They're going to make money hand over fist. So... Strap in, get ready, don't like it, learn to love it, because that's where we're going. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up stories of the week. Alright boys and girls, we have a statement and it's either fair or foul. Fair or foul. Number one, the Nets were right to fire Jacques Vaughn. You know, it's fair, but I just think that Sean Marks should have got fired too. I mean, this guy, like, just destroyed this franchise. I mean, you bring in Harden, you bring in Durant, you bring in Kyrie Irving, and then you trade them all. You get who got back, you fire two coaches. And you hand this guy the keys and say, go ahead, win some games? I mean, come on, this is not realistic. You you really think he's going to compete for a championship? The fact that he stayed there, the fact that anybody wants this job is astounding. And I I just think that if you're going to fire the head coach, you should have fired the GM too because he's not really doing much to win right now. It's absolutely foul. When you take into account that Sean Marks gets to keep his job after the colossal clusterfuck that the Brooklyn Nets have become. You it's just had, a toxic building, man. Yeah, it's just yeah. a toxic environment. Toxic. I just heard negative things about it. Like, just, 
everything going on there. It's awful. No, they, they had a young core of players. You had Dinwiddie the first time. You had Karis LeVert. LeVert. You had, you had Joe Harris. You had Jared Allen. You had players. Jared Allen, you're right. That's you had right. players. And a good coach. And a good coach. You had Kenny Atkinson. Good he coach. wasn't wasn't the sexy hire, but you know what? He was a teacher. You needed a teacher. You need somebody to guide young players. And that's what Kenny Atkinson is. And you let him go. Why? Because he didn't necessarily fit in with the direction of the organization. It's because Kevin Durant asked for Steve Nash and Kyrie Irving didn't want to be coached. Right. They wanted they wanted somebody. They wanted a yes man. They wanted somebody who they could essentially, you know, put up prop up there as a figurehead and basically run their own stuff. I mean, we've heard stories, we've heard reports of Kyrie Irving running practice with his plays. Not necessarily what Coach drew up, but what he thought was going to work and what he would, what, what uh, he felt would benefit the Nets. Right? How are you undermining the coach? At the end of the day, he sets the direction of the organization. He sets the tone. He's the one who's making the in-game adjustments. But when you create a culture of coaching doesn't matter because we we have players who think they're so good, it really does, you know, erode the foundation. And it gets to the point where you just start trading them off for whatever you can get. And you had, you know, you got Mikel Bridges, you you got Ben Simmons, and you know, Ben Simmons is who Ben Simmons is. He's not going to play that much either. But when you're dealing with scenarios where players are visibly frustrated because you're drawing up plays and you're working on featuring the guy who's not very good at shooting, and he's going to be the focal point of your offense, yeah, you're going to piss off a lot of people. (laughs) But, you know, you kind of need to score in the NBA. And the best thing about Ben Simmons is not his shooting, it's his defensive ability. So that's kind of telling to me with Jacques Vaughn. But at the same time, I don't think this sticks to him. I think he was put in an untenable situation by a terrible organization that's run itself into the ground. So he'll get another job. Jacques Vaughn will absolutely get another job. He'll get another bite of the apple. I don't think this is going to be a Lloyd Pierce situation where he got fired, you know, into his first season. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's an Adrian Griffin situation. Jacques Vaughn is well respected in this league and I think Jacques Vaughn will definitely get a job but the Nets need to figure out their identity and they need to figure out where they go from here because right now the only place they're going is down fair or foul number two Lionel Messi is overshadowing the MLS it's fair but he's supposed to right I mean that's the whole point of bringing him here it's kind of like the Pele thing it's kind of like the, the Beckham thing like this is the, it's the Rooney thing. Like this is what they do. The stars come here at the end of their career, playing the MLS, and they get people in the seats. I mean, everybody was there last night watching Inter Miami play. They were they got to see him. I think he scored and assisted on a goal. Uh, this, this is what it's all about. I mean, I, I I'm gonna say yes, and I think it's a good thing. I think it is fair to say that Messi is going to overshadow the MLS, not just because he's much, you know, he is the most talented player in the league. 
He absolutely is. He's a generational talent. You know, you have a guy who chose to come to your league and he's a transcendent player. Things happen when he decides to go someplace. When he decides to do something, things happen. Right? Let's talk about his counterpart, Cristiano Ronaldo. He went to the Saudi League. Ain't nobody watching the Saudi League. <laughs> nobody. Kareem Benzema's there. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody. Nobody. They're waiting. They're waiting patiently so till they can come back to the Premier League or come to the MLS or come to Serie A, wherever. Because nobody gives a shit about the Saudi League. It's just, it's not, it's not a good league. But there's enough talent with the MLS that like they have good players, right? You have a guy like Daniel Gostag with Philly, good player. Pains me to say that, threw up in my mouth a little bit. But you have him. You have Hedy Mukhtar, who won the Golden Boot a couple seasons ago. You have Carlos Vela from LAFC. You have talented players, right? You have guys that are on the verge of if not, you know, resurrecting their careers in like in Carlos Vela's case, you have guys that are budding stars. And Messi's presence and Inter Miami's presence where you have guys like Suarez and Busquets and Jordi Alba, it definitely overshadows the product that you grew. And it makes you harken back to days of David Villa and David Beckham and Pirlo and guys that were just coming here to cash a check and retire. And he's 36. And that, he doesn't have much left in him, right? He'll have a few years, but that's about it. Now, projection-wise, right, they're in the conversation. They're in the conversation to win the cup. But you have plenty of teams ahead of them. I mean, for example, who is the uh, the reigning MLS Cup champ? Do you, do you know off the top of your head? The crew. The Columbus crew. There you go. Columbus crew knocks off LAFC. Bingo. LAFC is going to be a problem. FC Cincinnati is a problem. Philly is a problem. Depending on who you talk to. Timbers, right? Uh, Portland Timbers. They're kind of falling on hard times, but you know they're not bad. I mean, depending on who you tough talk to. Tough place to play. It is an extremely tough place to play. Depending on who you talk to, NYCFC could be a problem. Um, there are plenty of, of teams that can give Miami a run for its money. And also tying your marketing to older guys is a problem because then it becomes a load management situation. Look what happened in the overseas tour. Messi played like 20-something minutes in four games. And he was heavily, heavily featured in the marketing for this. So you continue to do that, and MLS is going to get a black guy for that. So he's, I mean, he's talented enough that he overshadows the league. But at the same time, you're over, you're really overshadowing a, a decent product here. And the MLS short term is going to be successful long term. I can see this definitely biting them in the ass. Fair or foul? Number three, Giancarlo Stanton, not Juan Soto, is the X factor for the Yankees this season. 
That's foul, man. It's going to come <laughs> all down to Soto. I don't give a shit how much weight Stanton's lost. I doubt he's even going to play that much. It this this guy Soto's in his contract year. He's going to be batting in front of Judge. He's going to see plenty of pitches to hit. This is his season. This is it. I mean, he's going to be putting on a showcase for your crosstown team, the Mets, because I'm sure they're going to be the ones that are really going to be in line to get him. And, uh, you know, he's going to be on the biggest stage. He laid an egg last year, really, in San Diego. So we're going to find out about him this year. I think it's foul as well. Juan Soto is definitely going to be the guy, the main protection for Aaron Judge. So I think that's important to note. Giancarlo Stanton is going to be a key cog in this lineup, though. It's He's not going to be, you know, he will certainly be missed if he has to miss any extended period of time because he does lengthen that order when you look at it. I mean, in the outfield mix, it's important, too. Because now that he's thinned down, the idea is that you could possibly play him in the outfield. You'll have Verdugo, you'll have Soto, you'll have Judge, you have Stanton, and then you'll have Trent Grisham as your fifth outfielder. Like it definitely is a more representative bunch. Yeah, than it'll probably your... be it'll probably be Lemayhu, Soto, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, Verdugo, Stanton, OP, Wells. That's how I draw it up. Either Tor yeah, either Torres or Stanton. One one or the other. You you can flip either one. Um, I could also see Volpe leading off a lot this year, especially if DJ has problems again with his legs. So that that could definitely be something to watch out for. But um, Stanton definitely lengthens that lineup a lot, as does Soto. But Soto provides the primary protection. And what you're looking at here, you have a short porch, you have a lefty, who's just turning 25, mind you. And, you know, we like to talk about how he bombed out in San Diego. He hit 275, 35, and 109 last year. That's not bad, man. <laughs> That's really not bad. And Petco is not a... It's not an easy ballpark to hit bombs in. You put him in the short porch in Yankee Stadium, and you got Aaron Judge hitting behind him. He's going to get pitches to hit. So I can easily see if he stays healthy, probably 48 to 50. It's possible. It's definitely within the realm of possibility. Stanton needs to get that batting average above 200. He's got to stay on the field. For him, the target is 135. If he can play 135 games, I think that it would be a, a confidence booster for him. I think it'll be a confidence booster for the Yankees. And I think that they will, you know, I think that they'll be a little bit better off than they were last year. But Stanton's a guy. Soto is the guy who's protecting Judge. Plain and simple. And Judge is already talking about load managing that toe. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So this is something that's going to haunt him for the remainder of his career. So he's going to have to rotate into that DH spot. So Giancarlo better be ready. He better be ready with that glove. (laughs) And (laughs) quietly as it's kept, man, before he got to the Yankees, he was a decent outfielder. He was actually pretty good. 
but you know they they put him behind glass wrapped in bubble wrap like whatever like this is a lot of this is on the Yankees as much as it is on Stanton an emphasis on the strength not so much on the conditioning now he's back in the conditioning maybe just maybe he'll be able to play an outfield like he used to but still early time will tell and I'm interested to see where this goes for the New York Yankees. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. Alright boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FadeRouteDNZ and you vote. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout-out on this here show and takes home the coveted-ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted-ass trophy last week? I don't. That would be the 49ers front office. Ah, I gotta win. You gotta win, absolutely. John Lynch did not. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan certainly did not get a win, knocking off Steve Wilkes. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week, D? All right. First up, I've got the Brooklyn Nets front office. Sticking with the front offices. Firing head coach Jock Vaughn and not GM Sean Marks after the team traded away three future Hall of Famers and and fired two coaches. And they're not any better. And I don't know how they're going to get better. So Brooklyn Nets front office, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, everyone, and I mean everyone, who participated in the NBA All-Star game. The game was a joke. Luka Doncic throwing a hoop to himself and then getting rejected by the rim. Zero defense being played. Players chucking up threes from full court, half court. Joke. NBA All-Star game participants, you are my alleged superstars of the week. And number three, your boy, Anthony Rendon. I have no problem with your comments and viewing playing baseball as a job, but shame on me for thinking you were a gamer. Shame on me for thinking you had respect for fans and the game of baseball. Since arriving in LA, your batting average is 250. You've played 50 games a season and you've only hit 22 bombs. Anthony Rendon, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z? All great choices. Can't really go wrong with any of them. I'm going to start with Kenny Smith and Reggie Miller. For your cringeworthy and misogynistic back and forth during the Steph Curry-Sabrina Ionescu shooting contest, 
This did not need Bill, Billy Jean King, Bobby <laughs> Riggs. We didn't need that. We're evolved from that. But if you felt we needed a Bobby Riggs, you guys filled that role amicably. And I don't mean that in a good way. Kenny Smith, Reggie Miller, you collectively are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. More like Jimmy P.E.D. Jimmy P.E.D. Jimmy P.E.D. Two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. My question to you, Mr. G, Mr. Garoppolo, what performance were you enhancing? Your... (laughs) Your ability to hold the clipboard, nice and straight, nice and straight, no shake. Get it up, get it up, nice and light. Oh, look, that good. That's good height. That's good height. Maybe you were, you know, you were engaging your glutes while you were sitting on the bench. <laughs> like maybe that's what you were doing. You were in, you were continuing to engage your glutes. But then maybe that was what was going on. But absolutely ridiculous. You squandered, you squandered this opportunity with the Raiders and now most likely you'll be looking for yet another home but you will be sitting for two games Jimmy G you Jimmy PED you are you are my alleged superstar of the week and then last but not least the New York Islanders outdoor (laughs) stadium series you're up 4-1 on the Rangers 4-1 and then 5-3 and you blew it Big time. Big time. You had it, and you lost it. Rangers won 6-5 in overtime with 79,000 fans in attendance watching. Oh, let's go, Rangers. Oh. Let's go, Rangers. Hey. 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 Oh, jeez. New York Islanders, what the hell's going on? Your free fall continues. Wah, wah, wah. You are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we said our piece. Go to our X account and our Spotify poll at Fade Route DNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.